This podcast discusses violence, drug use, and other adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Breaking Pod. Today, we are breaking down season four, episode five. It's called Shotgun. One of the ones that I contend is not a great episode, not one of my favorites, but we are here to break it down. Nonetheless, as always, I'm joined by the co-founder, co-host of this podcast, the man who does it all, Zach. Zach, how are you? Well, I don't know if I do it all, but I do co-host this podcast with you. So <laughs> you do a lot. You do a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to break down this episode with you. Uh, as you said, it's a little bit slow, but we're, we're just building up for the exciting next episode, season four, episode six. Yes. Yes. This episode was, as we've talked about before, far down on the ringers list of uh, Breaking Bad episodes. I believe it was number 59 or 60. Uh, one of one of them was uh, 59 and 60 between this one and the last episode, season four, episode four. So these are not the best episodes, but again, stick with us. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming in this series, and I think we still have some things we can talk through today. Yeah, can I actually say something? Can we can we go into broader thoughts and themes now? Because I I want to respond briefly to that, and and that especially that ranking that the Ringer has putting this so far down on that list. Yeah. So as far as broader thoughts and themes go, I think this one does a couple of things that kind of fly under the radar. And the two things, I mean, there's not a whole lot going on in this episode as far as like variety, but there's a lot going on, I think, as far as the depth of the scenes. And in this instance where Jesse is, is brought, along, brought along for the ride along with Mike, we initially think he's going to get killed. We're like, okay, this is it. Gus has just lost his patience. He's driving out into the desert and he's totally going to uh, get shanked or shot or whatever, right? I mean, so, so much so that like they even stop in the middle of the desert and Mike gets out with a shovel and you're like, okay, he's clearly going to make Jesse dig his own grave and then he's going to shoot Jesse and that's going to be the end of Jesse. It was nice knowing you, uh, you know, have a, have a good one. Um, and that's not what happens. Instead, what we see is Jesse, you know, becomes the hero and that reestablishes confidence of Jesse in himself, rebuilds his self-esteem. So much so that, you know, by the end of the episode, he's working with slash for Mike and going on more ride alongs as, you know, protection for Mike because he thinks he's a hardened badass now. And of course, this is all architected by Gus. But I think the point is underscored to us by this whole sequence is that Jesse is ultimately a kid, right? It's what we talked about before, right? Just, the, just like there's, there's the father son relationship between Walt and Jesse. Jesse is a young boy. And just like every young boy wants to please his dad or short of that, if he can't please his dad, he wants to please his cool uncle, right? That's exactly what's going on here. He struck out with Walt. Walt clearly thinks very little of Jesse. I think Jesse knows that at this point. Walt has brought Jesse nothing but pain. And now along comes this guy named Mike, who Jesse thinks at first is going to kill him. But Jesse also recognizes that Mike is himself a badass. And, uh, and then Jesse has the opportunity to, quote, save Mike. And obviously it's all staged, but Jesse has no idea. Jesse's just really proud of himself and thinks that he did a really good job, right? And there's that whole scene. I mean, this was totally like cool uncle and, and, and uh, nephew, right? In that scene where Jesse gets back into the car, goes to light up a cigarette, and Mike says, you know, go ahead. Basically, you did good, kid. Uh, like that really means something to, to Jesse so much. Just like those earlier episodes where Walt would say something nice to Jesse, just like a dad would to his son. 
it means so much to Jesse. And I think it just drives home to me, one, how young Jesse is, how impressionable he is, how caught up in this he is, and in a way how innocent he is, which is not to say that he hasn't done bad things, right? But you know, in the same way that our criminal justice system doesn't apply the same rules of justice to an adult as it does to a child, I think we as the viewer, at least I, I can speak for myself, I don't apply the same sort of moral judgments on Jesse as I do to someone like Walt or Gus, who is fully cognizant, fully aware of the choices and the, you know, the depravity of the choices that they're making. So that's the first thing I would say. And the second is this sequence in Hank's, uh, in Hank and Marie's uh, dining room, when they're all around the table and, and Walt is, uh, you know, pushing back on Hank's contention that he got Heisenberg. This, I think, is one of Brian Cranston's best acting performances to date. And yes, it's slow. And yes, it's not a very big part of the episode. But I think it's really, really powerful and really, really well done. So that's what I would say just as far as broader thoughts and themes on this very otherwise slow episode. I think there is a good bit going on here. I definitely agree with you. And I'm glad that you brought that up about sort of looking at what what's under the surface here. And I think one of the issues, though I enjoy rankings i enjoy reading different people's interpretations of which episode is the best which one is the worst you know quote unquote the the problem with that is that you're looking back in retrospect so you've seen the full body of work you know when it comes to to these episodes so you can say that shotgun is not the most exciting episode knowing that the last episode in this season is one of the best episodes but you only know that in you know in hindsight you know, watching this at the time, I think you're right. I forget sometimes when I'm watching this that that I know that Mike is not going to kill Jesse. So that tension, you know, of him driving out to the desert with the shovel is lost for me as a repeat viewer. But if you are watching it for the first time, you're absolutely right. There is a moment where you might think, you know, Jesse has his keys sort of as like weapons in his fingers because he has nothing else to defend himself. And I think you're right. That that kind of thing is lost when on a repeat viewing. It, it doesn't make it worse, but you're able to analyze it in a different way. So I think, to your point, were we to be watching this the first time, I think we might say, oh, wow, Shotgun is actually a pretty exciting episode. There's a lot that's going on here. So I, I like your interpretation. I think we should talk about the two-minute summary and then go into our best moment, best writing best scene and then any nits to pick how about that yeah sounds good okay so two minute summary and then we'll give our grade and then continue from there mike takes jesse on collections and assures walt that he is safe during the last collection a man appears with a shotgun and jesse thwarts the robbery attempt later gus and mike discuss the day and it is revealed that the robbery was set up by gus walt and skyler purchase the car wash, after which Skyler asks Walt to move back into the house. When Hank suggests at a family dinner that Gail was a genius, an intoxicated Walt lets his ego get the better of him, and he tells Hank that he believes Gail most likely copied someone else's work, and that Hank's genius is still at large. The next day, Hank dives back into the case with renewed vigor and discovers a Poyos Hermanos napkin amongst Gail's possessions. I guess... He is editorializing there a little bit because he doesn't even give the full name of the restaurant. That is the end of the two-minute summary. Zach, what is the grade that you would give? So I actually think this one's pretty decent. As we mentioned, there's not a ton of things going on as far as variety. I think this, this summary does a pretty good job at telling the viewer what's going on here. I mean, it's not, it's not genius. It's not a work of uh, literary brilliance, but I think it does a good job capturing the essentials. And so I would give this a B. 
Yeah, I was going to give it a C plus. I think that, you know, the there is a little bit of a interpretation by the writer here that, you know, it's Walt's ego that and I think it's correct interpretation that Walt's ego is what leads him to uh, tell Hank that Gail copied the work of someone else. I think that's correct. I just sometimes in a summary, I don't necessarily need that, um, you know, type of thing. So I would give it a C, C plus. I would also say that he's letting the alcohol get the better of him because he is drinking liberally, very copiously. That's true. But I, I think that that is fair. But I think that without the ego there as well, he might not be uh, convincing Hank to potentially reopen his investigation. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. And just yeah, the, the way he delivers that that whole line, he's not even looking at Hank for most of that time. He's just yeah, he's just sitting exactly. there stewing in his own ego. It's amazing. All right, Zach, should we move on to best scene since we already covered broader thoughts and themes? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so let's start with your best scene because sequentially mine comes towards the end of the episode. Yours is just sort of, I think, uh, the montage of images. So I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, so exactly. It's the montage of footage where Jesse is is riding shotgun. Of course, the name of this episode has a dual meaning. One, the guy who Jesse thwarts, I'm putting that in quotes, in scare quotes, has a shotgun. But two, Jesse's riding shotgun. And so this whole sequence where he's riding shotgun is good for a number of reasons. One, as you already said, to the to the first time viewer, there's suspense the whole time. What's going to happen here? Is Mike just dragging this out until the sun sets and they go on the last stop and that's when Jesse dies, etc. Um, so the whole the whole moment is filled with suspense for a first time viewer. A second, I just like the visual montage. This is a funny visual collection. I mean, we're getting the impression that this is literally a, you know, a 12 hour excursion or maybe more. It's 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 all day. And Jesse's stuck in the front seat here, you know, with no cell phone, because uh, I think it's taken from him by by Mike at some point, if I remember correctly, you know, drumming on the dashboard, trying to turn on the radio. And then Mike quickly turns it off. There's just there's some comedic elements weaved throughout as well. And I think it's very well done. So that's why I chose it for best scene. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I think that, again, if you're watching it for the first time, you're also not sure what's going to be happening. So every time Jesse does something different, you might think, oh, but is he is he on thinner ice at this point? Um, so I think that's a good choice. My my best scene here is the the sort of climactic scene at the end of the episode when Mike is is running his last uh, collection as the two minute summary sets. Not, not a great word. Not a great word. What is he collecting? Think yeah, maybe I mean, they it, could. it makes him sound like an IRS agent or something. Either that or he's collecting like uh, urine samples or something like that. He's, I guess that, you know, that's something also true. Yeah. It's a little more, more medically focused. Okay, so yes, they're at the, the end of this, this uh, episode and it's the last pickup and this guy with a shotgun approaches the car and as the audience on a first time viewing, you don't really know what's going on and you think you, truly that they're in danger. So Jesse, you know, thinks quickly he runs he tries to run the guy with the shotgun over uh, basically makes him jump out of the way at the last second he slams into another car uh you big big action moment and then he speeds away he then picks up mike later uh, there's no audio here it's just all visual i mean a lot of sound effects of course in the actual episode but no audio to play here i just find it really uh, entertaining it's one of the biggest action pieces of the episode it might be the only action piece of the episode so it's just something that stood out to me as sort of like if you're looking visually writing and sort of the acting performance, all of it comes together for this to be the best scene for me. Yeah, I like it. OK, should we move on to best writing? Uh, let's do best moment first. So there's, there's lots okay, of talk let's about do best, best writing. OK, so do you want to kick off uh, with your best moment or do you want me to go with mine? 
Yeah, I'll go ahead with mine. So this is um, just when uh, Gus comes out of Poyos Hermanos and then sees Mike sitting there. It looks like they've probably arranged a rendezvous to talk, and so they have this conversation. Any injuries? Twisted ankle. Nothing too bad. It all went like you thought it would, more or less. I will, of course, reimburse you for the damage to your vehicles. Questions? Uh, more than a few, yeah. But I know better than to ask. Anyway, just like you wanted, my kid's a hero. And I like this because up to this point in the episode, this is the one bit of excitement we've had. And again, as a first-time viewer, you're like, man, Jesse really did acquit himself there. It's a good thing Jesse was there. He saved Mike. There, there was definitely about to be a a mugging right there or a robbery. Mike was about to eat the dust and Jesse saved him and uh, come to find out it was all a stage setup. And I just really like how that one conversation illustrates to the viewer that the entire episode to date has basically been a sham and it's all a setup designed to give Jesse that sense of confidence that they want him to have. And basically you know, whatever the opposite of scaring him straight is, they're, they're kind of like inspiring him straight, right? They want him to like feel confident in his ability as a villain almost. And then he'll maybe be on this, the quote straight and narrow uh, in the sense that they won't be, a, he won't be a liability for them anymore. But I really like how this whole conversation or this brief conversation just kind of takes the wind out of the sails of the whole previous storyline. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. And I think that, you know, it's like, I think they've tried the scaring him straight. You know, I think that was Gus's intention with killing Victor. And clearly it didn't work for Jesse. It almost, it, it almost had the opposite reaction. So well, also in the previous of, episode, right? When they, when Mike brought the $70,000 back and basically threatened right. to kill the guy, he's like, you know, you want to know what happens next to him? And Jesse was like, <laughs> I'm not scared, dude. You're not going to kill him because you blindfolded him. Try again. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they, exactly. they changed tax and they're like, okay. We can't scare him. Let's make him a hero. <laughs> yeah. I, I also just love Mike's delivery of most of his lines, but I know better to ask. You know, it's sort of like, it's almost like a little Eeyore like. You it know, is. that's a like good point. This, yeah. He's got like this really deep, like monotonous voice most of the time. Like earlier in the episode, he's like, You're not the guy. You're not the guy. You know, I like, just love like that growly sound. It's, it's great. So I, I like this as a best moment. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. All right. What's your best moment? Well, my. Yeah, my best moment is a really small thing, and I can't believe I've chosen anything to laud uh, Walt Jr., a.k.a. Breakfast, a.k.a. Flynn, a.k.a. Cereal, but this is just a really funny small moment. But there's a moment in the episode where Walt and Skyler, you know, they have not been on good terms, uh, certainly not, you know, in their relationship, but definitely not romantically. And we see that they have a romantic uh, relationship in this episode, which I thought was tastefully done, which is uh, good to see when they do these in these, uh, in these shows. But Walt Jr. then comes home from school, I guess, not breakfast time, amazingly, that we see him outside of the breakfast table. And he basically says, mom, dad, he sees that Walt's car is in the driveway. And Walt calls out from the from the room and says, oh, we're in here, son. And the look on his face is just one that you can imagine every child would have if they knew that their parents were having a romantic moment together. And it's just, it's great. I I, I have to, he's certainly not going to win the MVP for it, but it was just a great little moment, a uh, great little acting moment from, from him. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I agree. Yeah. Well, I think that leaves us with just best writing, which we both have the same 
uh, scene here, which is the sort of the climactic scene of the episode. You know, you might think that it would have been the the scene between, you know, Jesse saving the day and then that reveal. But actually, there's a whole nother almost seven or eight minute long scene that wraps up this episode where Walt and and Skyler and Walt Jr. go back to Hank and Marie's house for dinner. And we get this this uh, this moment where Walt, having had a little bit too much wine, basically asks Hank to reopen the case into Heisenberg. And we're going to hear a little bit of that dialogue here. Hank, not to tell you your business, but I'm not sure I agree. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you showed me that notebook and from what I saw, and and this is just my humble opinion, from what I saw on those papers, genius? Not so much. I mean, there was no reasoning, no deductions in those pages. So to my eye, all this brilliance looks like nothing more than just simple rote copying, probably of someone else's work. Believe me, I have been around enough students to know. This genius of yours, maybe he's still out there. Yikes, that is not great. And the reaction on Skylar's face as Walt is saying this, it's almost like the shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, please stop saying this, you know, over and over. And uh, it doesn't work. He just keeps on going. And I think you're right. As we talked about, you know, during the the two minute summary when we were reviewing that part of it is certainly the wine and part of it is his ego. You know, Walt does not like to be the the kind of person who isn't viewed as the top dog. Like he is very, you know, we even saw back in season one how, you know, he reacted with um, with his former colleagues, you know, and how he couldn't accept their money and how he was still holding a grudge over what happened with their company. And so I think that this is just a continuation of that. And it's just really, really well done. I'm really glad you mentioned that uh, that Skyler looked really uncomfortable during that whole sequence because that's one of my favorite parts of the scene. Not only is Brian Cranston's monologue very exceptionally delivered, but also Anna Gunn just looks supremely uncomfortable in that situation. So much so that I'm almost surprised she doesn't jump in and try to redirect the conversation, right? But I think probably for purposes of just uh, you know screenplay power of the scene, et cetera, they just they just let Brian Cranston go. And, uh, and Scott doesn't try to jump in and cut him off. But if I were in her shoes, I, I would too. certainly redirect. <laughs> let's, let's change the subject. Well, I think Talk too, from a, from a character perspective, I think part of the problem is that she is aware of Walt's personality. She knows how his ego is driving him. She knows that if she were to jump in here, he would cut her off and say, uh, ah, Skylar, let me, let me finish what I was saying, you know, like, and then that would, that might cause more questions, more problems. So I think that it's actually kind of a, a little bit of a, a smart move on her point to just sort of take a back seat. She can look at Walt and sort of try to get him to stop non-verbally, but actually she knows Walt well enough to know that she shouldn't jump in here. Yeah, I think that's a good point. All right, should we move on to MVP? Oh, no, sorry. How could I forget? Nits to pick. Of course, you we have got any nits, nits to yeah. pick from this episode. So I've got one. This is not entirely an original thought. I've seen um, at least one other place on the internet talk about this. But there's a uh, there's the scene where, in the beginning, when Jesse is riding shotgun, he asks Mike where they're going. 
And Mike says north, but if you look at the footage, they're clearly driving into the sunrise. So they're clearly driving east, and Mike says they're going north. So, you, I mean, you think that'd be a pretty small thing, right? That'd be, that would not be hard to do. If you're filming going to the sunrise, everyone knows the sun rises in the east. Just say you're going east, and then it all makes sense. It, it clicks, but, but uh, you know, maybe Mike just needs to brush up on his, uh, his basic navigation or something. But that's yeah, all I yeah, had yeah, for this episode. Point. That's a good point. I actually didn't really have anything in this episode. It's just not my favorite episode, but no no big nits to pick in this one. So I think all that leaves is MVP for this. For I do this have episode. one question on the nit, nit to pick. I, I always have a hard time. You know, it's, it's easy when you see someone like shoot several whiskeys in succession or whatever in a bar. But chugging wine. I mean, I, yeah. know, that, I know that happens in films and TV shows. I don't really see it. Like, I don't know if I've actually seen that in real life because like wine is just not a pleasant thing to chug. And if you're like, if your goal is to get drunk, you're not going to do it with wine. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Is that that a fair nit? Because it just, every time I see a a character chug glasses of wine, I'm like, that's just like, that's going to immediately not feel good on your stomach. And it's just not pleasant to do. Like normally what you see is like red wine too, which is warm. Yeah, exactly. Or room temperature. Right. So you can see sometimes like someone says, like, do you have anything stronger? That's a reasonable thing to do. But just to like, you know, walk into the kitchen and start chugging multiple glasses of wine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I, it might just be all they have. But I do, I, you know, your point's well taken about the sort of speed at which someone is affected by alcohol. We had this problem back when Walt Jr. was was taking the shots of tequila. Oh, that's right, and yeah. he was He was drunk like after two seconds. And it's like, all right, well, I guess for the purposes of this show, Okay, it makes sense. But in real life, yeah. it might take longer than than one minute for someone to be showing signs of drunkenness. Right. And then vomiting that quickly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So that just leaves MVP for this episode. Zach, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who are you going to give the MVP to? So, I mean, I think there are basically three candidates. It's going to be either Mike, Jesse, or Walt. I think they all have cases to be made. Probably the weakest of those cases is Mike, just because he's not not quite as central it's down to Jesse or Walt for me. And I'm going to go with Walt just because of that crowning dialogue and monologue. I guess it's not a dialogue. It's a monologue, the crowning monologue at the end where he is just uh, causing Hank to re-question everything. And it's, you know, one thing that we didn't, we didn't talk about too much is just that, you know, he, he could have gotten off scot-free, right? Hank doesn't have anything really to go off of with respect to Gail's killer. And he has no real reason to suspect that Gail actually is just a copycat and not really the genius known as Heisenberg, et cetera. But Hank, because his ego can't let him go, can't let it go, his ego cannot tolerate the fact that Hank might think that Gale is the real Heisenberg. Hank basically sets the whole investigation in motion again and says, I think your genius is still out there. And that is obviously going to have huge ramifications down the road. But I just love the fact that this simple conversation, this simple slip of the tongue, it's not, not even a slip of the tongue, it's intentional, right? He's doing this intentionally, but it's a lapse in judgment, certainly for Walt. And I love how that one lapse in judgment will have such significant consequences down the road. And I just love the way Brian Cranston delivers it. I love the way Walt propels it. So my vote in this episode is Walt. Okay. So that leaves him with 17 MVP votes. Zach, I'm going to throw you for a loop here because I'm not going to choose any of those three. I'm going to choose someone different and I'm going to give a small reasoning because I think your initial reaction is going to be, wait, what? So I'm going to give this to To Flynn. To Flynn, no, not not breakfast. He does not get it, despite his great moment. I'm going to give it to Hank for this episode. The reason is because he is not even in that much of the episode. But 
What we didn't talk about during the Walt monologue was Hank's reaction to the monologue. And you you just mentioned it a little bit, but leave it to anybody else. They might just push this off and say, this guy's drunk. You know, what a, what a, you know, like, what is he even saying? I'm smart enough to know that Gail Bedecker, he is the one who was Heisenberg. But Hank is more astute than that. And what I like about his character in this episode in particular is we have seen sort of a character who has hit rock bottom after the, the accident, after the shootout, after the rehab. He has not been himself. And in this episode and this moment, especially sitting around the dinner table, you can hear him sort of back to his wisecracking ways. You know, we start to see the Hank we know again. And his reaction, entirely wordless, to Walt saying that that Gale might not be the genius that he's looking for, says everything you need to know without uttering a single word. He, It's like a look of realization, like a look of, did I miss something? And then the very final scene of the episode is Hank discovering the Poyos Hermanos napkin amongst vegan Gale Bedecker's items and sort of putting two and two together. And he's sort of back. And so I think that that, character moment is not only just really well acted for not having anything to say, which I think is a totally underrated skill, but it's also going to drive the plot of the rest of the season forward. And so, yes, I think your point that Walt, he's the one who says this, totally well taken, and I agree with you. But I think Hank also, he's the other half of that. And so I'm going to give my MVP vote to him. I like it. No, it's a good vote and uh, unique reasoning, and I, I like your style. So that leaves Hank with four now, and Walt, 17, one behind Jesse for the lead. Yes. Yeah, so again, you know, as we discussed last episode, uh, I don't think that anybody is going to catch the top two vote-getters, but we will see as we as we continue on. I do think Zach, that, anything? that I, I, well, I was going to say that I think Hank will get certainly more as we go along. Yes, he's he's about to have I, more I, of a starring role in the show than he has even already. So, Well, he has been sidelined in, in bed. So, Yeah, that's true. He's he, he and his minerals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything else on season four, episode five, Shotgun? No, that's it. I just uh, would say that we didn't get any listener mail this week, but we love hearing from listeners. So please send us a note and let us know what you think. BreakingPod at VernacularPodcast.com. Yes, we will be back next week with Season 4, Episode 6, Cornered. So tune in for that. We look forward to seeing you then. Very exciting episode. One of the probably the most famous lines in all of the series. So I look forward to talking about that with you, Zach. All right, for Breaking Pod, I'm Josh. And I'm Zach. Have a great week. <laughs>